1: Hey, guys, this is Josh Stevens calling from Ohio. I just wanted to say I've been following Bloody Disgusting for a long time, and I absolutely loved the first episode of the podcast, so keep up the great work. You were discussing the Blair Witch Project on the last episode. It is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. My question is, do you think that they could do some kind of
0: viral marketing with any horror movie the way that the Blair Witch
1: Project did back in 1999, such as, like, getting people to believe that it really happened by, like, making a website, putting up the missing poster,
0: and whatnot like that?
1: Thanks, Josh. That's actually, it's a really awesome question. Oddly enough, it's something I think about probably more than I should for (laughs) anything, let alone a movie that was in 1999. Um, Short answer from me, no. And I'm going to pass the baton to see what (laughs) Megan or Zena says so I don't eat up too much time on this one because I know I'll talk about it in future episodes too. What do you two think?
2: Well, for me, I'm going to say yes, I do think so. Um, you, you want to know my reasoning? Yes. I do want to know your reasoning. Like,
1: I know that Paranormal Activity kind of recaptured lightning in a bottle, but do you think that anyone's going to be able to capture it the way the Blair Witch did?
2: I think so. And as much as I love the Blair Witch Project, I love the series, um, really love the series, but I do feel like there may be a very, um, creative way that, you know, someone will be able to do it. I'm thinking about even with social media nowadays, why not incorporating that? Um, Reddit. Reddit has a lot of ty- a lot of different personalities on there so um, that could be one because I always think about as an example with the creepypasta stories um, who's to say with some of those that those aren't true or even thinking about YouTube there's a lot of like true crime stories that people explain and sometimes it's like some of the ones because I used to like binge watch those kind of videos I don't know why um, and some mm-hmm. of them I've never heard of before so who's to say that they can't just, you know, someone could come up with something like that and just cover their tracks and make multiple websites for it and accounts and, you know, put out tweets. And I, I think it's possible.
1: So, so, yeah. So it's not so much that you ha- that you know how it would be done as much as you're just keeping yourself open to the idea that it's possible because nobody saw the Blair Witch coming either. Right. Gotcha. How about you, Megan?
0: I think Yes. But I think that it would be very, very tricky to do it on a theatrical front. If we're talking small releases or even television releases, that's way easier to sell. Um, I, (laughs) I remember somebody, there was some kind of like Discovery Channel special years ago not that long maybe five years ago and it was about mermaids and they sold it like it was a documentary like it was an actual special
1: oh I remember that
0: and I had a co-worker who insisted that it was real that mermaids existed and this show proved it and I think that there's plenty of people out there that are willing to embrace like supernatural and paranormal and you can totally make it real like Ghost Watch in the 90s I mean granted that was before para- um, Blair Witch Project but People thought that was a real televised haunting and they were calling in for for hours to the station. So I think like it's definitely possible. I don't know how for theatrical, but with enough creativity and ingenuity, I definitely think you could do it.
1: I mean, to be fair, there were schools in the South that added the Loch Ness Monster to their history books as proof of creationism, which I'm not going to get into (laughs) because that's a whole different rabbit hole to go down. Um, Instead, let's listen to the other message. Hey, this is Chris from San Diego. Uh, Thanks for giving us a heads up on One Day Die. I'm off socials, so I didn't get the heads up ahead of you guys. So that's pretty awesome. Can't wait. Hoping to get a box. Um, Curious on your guys' thoughts on Channel Zero. Absolutely love that show. Um, Curious to see what you guys have to say about it. Cool. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Channel Zero definitely hits close to my home. Both professionally and my heart, in uh, in trying to make creepy pastas more mainstream, and I watched the first two seasons. I watched Candle Cove and I watched No One House. And Candle Cove and No One House are two of my favorite all-time creepy pastas. And I thought they did a really good job for the most part with Candle Cove, uh, for that source material. For the the fact that, that I think that creepy is like twelve hundred words long, it, it, it's not a lot. And I thought they did a really good job stylistically and just like that and atmospherically uh, i was really impressed no end house i wasn't a fan of probably because it is one of my all-time favorite stories and the direction that they took it wasn't what i would have gone in i thought it was great acting and i loved the concept of the house itself it was just beyond the house I it kind of lost me how about you two did either of you watch uh channel zero
0: yes I liked it. Well, I mostly liked it. I don't have any attachment to the source material. Like I don't, I'm not familiar with it at all. So I adored Candle Cove so freaking much that that was my favorite. Like I think from there it kind of tanked a little bit, which isn't really saying much for the quality of the series, but, um, Dream Door, I liked a lot also. And those two are my favorite, the first and the last. So I would have liked to see it continue. I, i i over i overall really enjoyed it but it's just i guess it depends on what story connects with you more agreed i only watched candle Cove,
2: and i enjoyed it overall Hmm. i'm not too sure why i didn't watch the rest of it i don't know you know there's a lot of things out there going on to watch (laughs) but (laughs) um, i guess there is a lot (laughs) it's definitely nightmare fuel so um that's something that i really enjoyed about it agreed
1: yeah no i i i i loved the i loved seeing at least the attempt to make creepypastas more mainstream. And I know it's becoming more and more popular to get uh, online horror um, stories getting picked up by uh, studios for production and things like that. Um, even like audio dramas like The Left-Right Game, which if if nobody's listened to it or heard of it, The Left-Right Game is a, a full audio drama podcast. Now, I highly recommend it. It's an amazing story. And I'm only slightly jealous that I didn't get the rights to narrate it. But hey, it's out there somewhere, so I'm happy. That said welcome to the bloody disgusting podcast everyone the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world and to discuss the disgusting you know her works from sites like slash films fangoria daily dead news and let's face it the most important part is the fact that she's the lead movie critic from bloody disgusting horror movie fanatic and journalist megan navarro hey megan hello and next to megan you know her from her youtube channel and website the real queen of horror and for her infinite love of the genre Zena dixon how you doing Zena?
2: good hi (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's about where i'm at i'm john i was gonna come up with something what i thought was funny to say something about onions or (laughs) harry potter but distance learning started today so i'm tired
0: (laughs) oh so cheers to all the parents out
1: there who survived (laughs) pour yourself another drink have another piece of pizza or whatever it takes to self-medicate right now because this isn't fun oh man, it's not fun as it was last year it's less now oh
0: man good luck good
1: luck yeah so let's focus on fun stuff like happy stuff stuff Kay. that makes us happy let's do it yes so if you're listening to this on a wednesday and that means you've survived two days of distance learning uh we hope that your week has been filled with all the best kinds of horror probably some kind of horror but if not we're going to do a quick round the table of the movies books games and anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now maybe things that will make you smile too especially if you need it so Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week
2: Tubi has been filling my little heart with joy. I checked out The Power from 1984 recently for the first time. And I really, really enjoyed it. So it's basically about these, uh, these high school students who find like this little figurine that just so happens to be like haunted and it will possess you with the power. And you'll have like this kind of like supernatural, unexplainable, power you know power. and <laughs> okay <laughs> and something i thought was so pretty it was a cool. well-titled movie <laughs> yeah it's straight yes. to the point point. and you know something i thought was pretty cool about it the, the the two directors um they wrote and directed the dorm that dripped blood from 1982 okay. which you know was a really awesome movie and um i'm a fan also of like movies from the 2000s so soul survivors from 2001 which is a very mind trip to be honest with you mm. But yeah, um I thought it was really cool just, just you know just checking this one out. I highly recommend it if you don't mind um you know like supernatural outrageous scenes. It is very dated but so enjoyable and something that really stuck out for me, the poster. That's the reason why I actually picked it out. It took me back to like high school when I was in you know video stores and picking something out.
1: It still sells me on Amazon Prime is yeah, the pictures.
2: That's awesome. <laughs>
0: So You'll then, get the power.
2: Yes, the power. The power on the TV. power. All so right. you guys must check that one out if you do have time. Um, then the second one that I checked out actually was hashtag alive um, on Netflix. Just came out this year. So we kind of spoke about it uh, last week. And I noticed that a lot of people, they've been comparing it to Train to Busan and Kingdom, um, you know, because of the zombie uh you know, point and everything, which is understandable, but I feel like it fits in perfectly. It's a, like, great mixture of, like, um, thriller, suspense, and then there's a little bit of twist in there. It's just, like, it's... I'm not saying it's reinventing the wheel, but if you're someone who really enjoys, like, zombie movies, like I do, um, this one will definitely be for you. And, again, it's just, like, a very easy watch, and it's relatable because there's a particular line in there where they're, like... You know, citizens must stay home and avoid going out. You know, and it's just like, whoa, this is our life. So, but yeah, so it's just like social distancing, um, but with zombies. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Which makes social distancing more fun.
2: Absolutely. Well, too. no, it was terrifying. <laughs> like, I would never, like, I wouldn't survive, just being honest.
1: Oh, no, I agree. You ever see those quizzes online, how long would you survive in a zombie apocalypse?
0: No, but I like, want I, to take I can't one. even get
1: past the first question. I'm like, I know I die. Like, I don't need to take this. I'm <laughs> not looking forward to this.
0: You've given up before you've even tried. Oh, oh,
1: oh so early, just immediately.
0: But yeah, that's... I have no idea. But that's a de- depressing like line of thought to go down.
1: What, how how poor I am in a zombie apocalypse? I think it's no, good just like how my would I understand.
0: survive? I don't know. But that there's so many like scenarios where you're like, nope, nope. Nope. Dead there too. Dead there too. I feel like, I
2: feel like you also have to be realistic and be honest because there are so many people, you know, that always talk about the zombie apocalypse and say, well, I would survive because I have knuckles. And it's like, what? Like, no, you wouldn't. You'd be the first one who would die. So because they have knuckles. I don't know. I'm just going down, (laughs) going down a path I couldn't control.
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it brass knuckles will save me in the zombie apocalypse
1: <laughs> all right Megan, <laughs> what have you been watching this week
0: i have been watching uh i watched fade to black on shutter Woo! which is a 1980 slasher film and i say slasher in air quotes because it is not your standard slasher and First of all, if you have not seen this movie, or I guess even if you have seen this movie, I highly recommend watching it on Shudder anyways, because it is a rare, obscure little gem that is hard to find. Um, It didn't really make a box office splash, which means it didn't really get much of a release, and that didn't sell well, so therefore it kind of got ported to dvd and then that's it so hmm. everything's out of print you cannot find it unless you want to pay a lot of money and uh yeah so it's it was on amazon prime a while back illegally got pulled pretty quickly so i don't expect it to be on shutter for very long either because i'm sure rights is a pain in the butt so watch it yeah. um but the plot is about lonely film buff Eric Binford. He goes on a murder spree um, while stalking a Marilyn Monroe lookalike. But it's really more character study. Um, Eric Binford snaps. He dresses like his favorite um, movie characters as he kills people. But it's very much like about extreme obsession and this lonely movie obsessed guy. So and it's played by he's played by Dennis Christopher, which, Everybody probably recognizes him most as Eddie from the It miniseries. Um, but he's really good. He's oh, like, okay. yeah, he's super endearing in this. Like, you know, I guess an obvious character study serial killer comparison would be Henry, except this is the sweeter, nicer version. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, total so... <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum. But right,
1: you flipped. The... Yeah flip the coin over on that. Yeah, one. flip
0: the okay. coin. This is this is the sweeter, like it's tragic, um not grimy. So, yeah. And
1: um that, And that's not to say people shouldn't watch Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Right. Just understand when you go into it.
0: Very different. It's
1: like when I went it's like when I went into I spit on your grave. Not knowing what it was.
0: Oh, oh, oh no. my gosh!
1: Yeah, that was that was a that was a rough one. That's
0: sticker <laughs> shock. Yeah, 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 I'd say so. So Fade to Black, it's really good, but it's like the total, like you said, flip the coin on on the character study of Henry, and you get, you know, film obsessed, lonely Eric Benford, um, and a young Mickey Rourke. So yeah, I always stuff. thought that that one was really sad. Actually, Just yeah, it's his life. it's but a it... tragedy, tragedy. I said that all weird. The uh, <laughs> the other thing I watched was episode
1: three. Episode three, <laughs> we're
0: already going off the rails. Yeah, it was happening
2: today. <laughs> distance this learning. Is, well,
1: distance learning is my excuse. I don't know if I'm projecting that onto you too or
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> we're vicariously feeling it through you. Uh, yeah. So
1: I, I'm sorry for you. <laughs>
0: The other thing I watched this week was Ghost Stories, um, the 2018 movie. Well, it was 2018 in the U.S. It was 2017 in the U.K. where it was made. Um, It's now on Hulu, and it's an anthology sort of movie. I say sort of because it's basically about a skeptical professor who goes around debunking psychics and supernatural paranormal frauds and he gets this letter from his hero who had been missing for decades that he hands him over three case files that were never solved and he said here you go this should change your perspective and so he he continues like it plays out three separate vignettes like it's an anthology but it all ties together um it's based on the 2010 stage play by jeremy dyson and andy nyman who directed and created this film It's really scary. Like, they do scares so well in this movie. Um, Yeah. I've watched this three three to four times now, and the first time I watched it, I wasn't entirely sold on the ending. Like, everything that builds up to it is amazing. It's terrifying. Super great scares and atmosphere. And then the way it ends, like, is different. But the more I watch it, the more I pick up on all the subtle details that are happening throughout these three vignettes, and and I, I appreciate it a lot more, but... If you're in the mood for something super scary, highly recommend.
1: Nice. A a rare gem from Hulu for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It it is a very like genuinely like creepy movie. I loved how it was kinda it felt like they were playing like a lot of mind games with you. At least I felt that way for me. I I was scared, confused, and but in
0: a good way. What'd you watch, Sean?
1: All right. So last week I said that I was gonna try and stick to a formula. And I mostly did. Okay. So my formula was each week I want to watch a classic, a slasher, and a found footage. Got it. Um, I don't think that I said the amendment, though. Okay. That if, it, that if one overlaps two categories, I can have a miscellaneous comfort food <laughs> watch, too. All right. Which, you know, might be a big lie. Maybe I just made that up right now, but it's what <laughs> happened. So. Your rules. So my first one is an overlap of classic and slasher. For about the 50th time, I watched 1980's Friday the 13th. All
2: right. Because,
1: come on. So, for those of you who are are in no way familiar with Friday the 13th, follow a group of teenage camp counselors who are murdered one by one by an unknown killer while attempting to reopen an abandoned summer camp. It's just, it's one of my all-time favorite 80s movies. And arguably one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I think I've probably seen Friday the 13th. Oh, this would be an interesting game for another time or whenever we get Patreon up. Like, what horror movie have you seen the most? Oh, And Friday the 13th is pretty high up there for me. Um, especially from classic slashes. The original Nightmare on Elm Street's pretty high. But this one, it's just... Comfort. it's just the best like I, I had mentioned i watched the crystal lake memories uh a few weeks ago and that kind of made me want to go back and kind of go back through the series and i'm like ah i'll just watch the first one again <laughs> and i'm I'm just i'm happy about it like it's funny because it's one of those things where you the more you watch it the more falls apart's not the right way to put it it's just you start noticing like the little inconsistencies mm-hmm. and the little weird parts where it's kind of like oh, well, that was a you didn't explain that at all. You just kind of put that in there, like that's yeah. a weird little thing. But you know, for what it was, for what for it basically being thrown together to capitalize on the success of Halloween, it did really good for itself, I would say. And I was thinking about it, it's kind. Of, it's kind of funny too, though, because I've been trying to find more like 80s slashers that I haven't seen.
0: Okay,
1: and, and well, not just eighty or eighties, but like even like uh, late seventies and it kind of made me wonder like why did friday the 13th hit more than so many other ones out there because if you look at it like yes now it's classic now it's iconic but it's not like it was particularly well written or acted or like it's pretty basic plot you know camp counselors getting stalked mm-hmm. and it was originally written to be a standalone it wasn't supposed to continue so, it just kind of made me wonder, like, why this one? Like, I'm not, I'm not mad that it did. It's just, it's kind of funny how sometimes certain movies just stick with people. And I don't know if there's a good reason.
0: I have two theories on Friday the 13th. The first is that he put out that full-page ad in, I think it was Variety, like Sean Cunningham, yeah. that was like Friday the 13th. And that was well before the movie was coming out. I feel like it was six months to a year. So he was like building, you know, kind of interest well in advance. And it's a catchy as hell title, Friday the 13th. Um, So I think like from a marketing gimmick standpoint, that's the biggest. You know, there was probably already excitement going into that. And two, we're a good sucker for twist ending. (laughs) That's
1: true which is which is the best part which is obviously highlighted in like the movie scream and I'm I'm not going to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it because I love the movie and you can watch it for yourself but it's a great point that it's like you don't expect the ending mm-hmm. like we did and and frankly we also don't necessarily expect the alternative to what everyone thinks now as being the serial killer right like or of the killer like there's nothing to suggest that there's nothing to suggest either of them. It's just people start dying. Yep. And like the camp is haunted. It's camp blood. Like there's no, there's nothing to there's nothing to point you in any direction whatsoever of who would be doing it. Like so, it's it's really fascinating. Like what it became. Like off of that, like how they sequelized it and everything else. And I, like I said, I love it. I don't, it it doesn't bother you, me so, so much so. as to why it became popular because it's one of my favorite. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Uh, so that covered sl- classic and slasher. My found footage, I decided to go new, and one that I hadn't seen. It's 2020's Murder, Death, Koreatown on Amazon. So after his neighbor's real-life murder, an unemployed man goes down the rabbit hole and in investigating what he believes to be a conspiracy. Ooh. Have either of you heard of this?
2: No, I but I, I am don't intrigued. know this.
1: This one's crazy. This one, like, just popped up for me on Amazon, and I was looking at it, and— like, there, there's a picture of a Korean man on the picture. So I was thinking, like, oh, it's going to be another Korean horror movie. I, I got into him for a little while. Like, uh, what's it called? Gonjim, like, Haunted Asylum. Yeah. he's a great one. But, like, there was a few that I was really getting into. And I thought it was going to be that. But I was like, I can't watch it because it's a reader. And I can't watch while I'm at work because I would miss everything. But it's not. It's based in L.A. It's in Koreatown, like, in uh, uh, Los Angeles. And it's... It's really weird because it feels like it's totally filmed, like, guerrilla-style filmmaking. It feels really low-budget, almost to the point where it feels like it could have been, like, a 1980s or 90s movie. And you're watching it, and but uh, it's kind of like um, watching the movie Creep, mm-hmm. in a way, where it's that slow burn, awkward what's going on here sort of thing that kind of just builds and builds and builds to an ending that doesn't necessarily give you answers, (laughs) but it's, it's just kind of this, because there's so many parts in it that are just so awkward. The main character narrator filmer or filmmaker of it is unemployed. And he just, he decides to get obsessed with this person who died in a, a a neighboring duplex Hmm. and For me, it captured my imagination because of the obsession with true crime that Mm. so many people have now. Yeah. Between podcasts and TV shows, cold case files, uh, like the serial podcast, like people love getting into crimes and like, oh, well, there's got to be a truth. Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, there's truth behind this. It's that mentality. Take a person who might be a little mentally unstable in the first place and now unemployed with nothing but time on his hands in close proximity to a murder and he starts connecting his own dots. It's really crazy. Interesting. It's only like 85 minutes. Sold. Yeah. Murder, Death, Koreatown. Town. It's 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 it, it's not the kind of found footage movie that's really been out recently, at least. It's pretty I feel like people will watch it. I, I definitely feel like it's a love or hate movie. Either people will watch mm-hmm. it and be like, oh, that was different and kind of original and cool, or they'll watch it and be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> but I suppose you can say that about you can say that about any movie too. Someone could watch Friday the Thirteenth and be like, "That's a piece of trash." Like, and then I'd fight them <laughs> verbally. Not even verbally. I wouldn't even try. Just be like, "All right, fine, <laughs> go ahead." Anyway, so and I have a miscellaneous. And my other my miscellaneous is also a found footage movie. And this is comfort food to me, along the same lines as uh, Grave Encounters and it's 2015's hell house llc on shutter. I I've probably watched this film 20 times at least. Like it's it's one of those where if I want especially if I just want background something going on and I want it to be horror, uh-huh. it's like 9 times out of 10 if I haven't decided, it's going to be hell house llc. Like it just it, it's such an easy watch. Um no, oh, I should do my thing. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Follow a group of Halloween haunted house creators as they prepare for the 2009 opening of their popular haunted attraction, Hell House. Tragedy strikes on opening night when an unknown malfunction causes the death of 15 tourgoers and staff. The film reveals the lead up to the tragedy and documenting what exactly went wrong that night, which has been a mystery to the public. Um, which sounds way more ominous than the movie, <laughs> and the movie's got the movie's got some. Great scares.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it's such
0: the clown.
1: Yeah, oh, the clown. One, it did it did something that for some reason horror movies, especially found footage movies, at least not that I've seen, have capitalized on. A haunted, haunted house.
0: Oh, like a haunted attraction. Like, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Why would there never be a haunted haunted house? <laughs> like you know, like the houses October built played on the idea of haunts, but it wasn't a haunted, haunted house. I guess because there was nothing.
0: People aren't normally in it for long enough, right? And like this was a clever way to have people like they're there prepping, so they're there all month and they're staying in the house. Whereas most of the time, people are like, "I gave you money and I spend five minutes and I'm out."
1: Yeah, so like it, it, it's just one of those things where you watch it and you're like, "Well, someone must have done this before." You're like, "I don't know if they have," and maybe that goes along with what we were talking about earlier with *The Blair Witch*. Mm -hmm. Where you just assume that someone has done something Mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, no one's going to be able to capture it that way again. And then someone does it and you're like, holy shit, it works.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I'm actually a a big fan of the angle, you know, where they're like documenting it and it makes sense as to why they are, you know, with the whole backstory. Yep. But it is, it really is an easy watch.
1: Yeah. And I think we'll, I think we're going to talk about something later that. Yes, we, 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 like, falling into that concept, like we were talking about with Blair Witch, it's that concept of, why are they filming? Why did anybody find the footage? Like, what's it even there for?
0: You know, I was just going to ask, I I feel like we're at a point where we should cease calling it found footage and give it a different name. Because so few of found footage films are actually found footage. Like, mm-hmm. Something plays out real-time on the screen, and and that's not footage that's found, you know? Like, that's where the term comes from, but not many these days really adhere to that anymore. It's just, like, that's something that uses, yeah. like, that kind of camera perspective, but isn't necessarily... Yeah, it's necessarily... first-person horror. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and found footage, If if we're really... Yeah, and that's a great point. If we're really going to split hairs on it, like, the Blair Witch was found project footage was yeah. found footage like they never talk about it in the movie but if you watch the documentary like the the real quote-unquote documentary that they used as advertising leading up and i guess the website that it existed they talk about finding the film at this one abandoned house by this tree which if you've seen uh uh Blairworth project two book of shadows like that's the ho- first house they camp at is where they originally found the film footage um that they just don't go into that in the the actual movie. But they even and, give you the text. But you're right.
0: That, that's like this is they we we never found them, but we found their their stuff. Like that's part of the text.
1: And I feel like over the years it's kind of turned into found footage just means the filmmakers didn't put this out. It's
0: it's a style sort of thing. basically is yeah. what it's referring to, but yeah. if we're splitting hairs I feel like it needs a new name.
1: Yeah, it's just talking about point of view at this point. I mean, I suppose Cloverfield could be argued. Um, yeah, but I feel like you, about...
0: you, you probably could argue that somebody found that footage in the rubble. That's all I'm saying. Like, I yeah. think they did in the mm-hmm. rubble.
1: <laughs> like, it was evidence. Yeah. I don't know. I love, like I said, I love Hell House LLC, no matter what you call it. And I'm not, and I get it. I'm totally on board with calling it something else. Like, found footage. Does almost turn into a little bit of a cop out, um, and not necessarily explain what's going on. Not only but calling it that does automatically lend itself to that problem. Right. Well, why were they still filming? Right. And and how can we see this footage? All
0: right. If you broaden that so maybe yeah. people are more open to this subgenre. I don't know. Just spitballing here.
1: You know, that might be how you break through in the next level too. You have to call something something else.
0: I dub this subgenre, I don't know, I got nothing.
1: The first ever first person horror movie. <laughs> People watch. No, it's found POV footage. What are you talking horror? About?
0: That's not catchy. I mean, found footage is, is catchy at least. Yeah. Good old alliteration, but yeah.
1: We'll work on it. Yeah, Someone we'll can call with... in and tell us.
0: Yes. And give then... us the
1: idea that we can copyright and trademark. <laughs> and then we'll totally say thank you.
0: Let us do your homework. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, like I said, you might be on your second, third, twelfth drink after distance learning right now. (laughs) You might be full of ideas that I just don't have right now. So I would like to take them from you without, (laughs) you know, paying you. That would help me. All right. Enough of what we've been watching this week. Oh, and I've been reading Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. I love that so much. Uh, Again, it's a great book. I'm I'm rereading it. It dawned on me. I'm like... I say the stuff we're reading and watching and playing, and we only talk about the stuff we're watching. Yeah. yes, A Head Full of Ghosts is an excellent book by Paul Tremblay if you've never heard of it before. Very quick read. Um, If you love the idea of, like, reality TV shows and kind of behind-the-scenes stuff and, like, not really knowing what's happening in this, this horror novel, couldn't recommend it enough. Excellent book. Agreed. Okay, now, enough of what we've been watching and reading this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. Megan, what's happening?
0: Nev Campbell is officially joining the cast of Scream 5. Yay! Woo. I know. Yeah. So, that's huge. That's huge. She actually put out a quote. Um, it's on bloody disgusting. After spending time with Radio Silence, they have shown such love, respect, and admiration for Wes Craven and all that he's created in the Scream franchise. I am beyond excited to step back into the role of Sidney Prescott and return to Woodsboro. That's the piece of news I have been wanting because it's been said all along that nobody is as protective of Wes Craven and his legacy with Scream as uh, Nev Campbell. So her returning is like... If you weren't convinced before that it's in good hands, then that should do the trick. And I know that it's caused some kind of uh, debate on whether you should off Cindy Prescott in the first 10 minutes because it is a franchise that's known for killing off some important people straight away. Um, but I don't think that Radio Silence, and for those who don't know Radio Silence, um, it's comprised of a trio of filmmakers, um, two of which are directing Scream, and that's Matt Bettinelli-Ulpin and Tyler Gillette and Chad Vieya. I apologize if I butchered that, but he's, he's producing. So all three Radio Silence members are involved. Um, they wouldn't work so hard to get her back for mm-hmm. them to just off her immediately. I would be shocked if that happened. And the franchise didn't work so hard to keep a final girl through so much hell over four films to do that to her immediately anyway. So I don't know. I'm excited, but I was curious what you guys thought by this news.
2: Well, I'm excited as well because I do like radio silence. You know, I really loved ready or not. So I think that it's fitting that they're going to be doing this. And I do feel like this is kind of like that check of approval because exactly. Nev is on the project. So I feel like, they're in good hands. Exactly.
0: You have you have any dog in this
1: hunt? Uh no. Well, I'm glad enough Campbell's coming back, but that's not the person who I'm still waiting to hear is coming back.
0: Who who are you waiting on? Stu or Kirby.
1: You damn right Stu. Okay. Matthew <laughs> Lillard's gotta come back.
0: I really think Matthew Lillard is dying to come back to the point yeah. where he's convinced that Stu didn't die. So clearly <laughs> I saw that. I mm-hmm. saw him,
1: like, I'm not even on Twitter anymore, and I still saw that. <laughs> that he was like, he, he got hit by a TV, and he groaned. I mean, doesn't that mean something? And I know that the listeners have never heard this, but I do have a scream slash shocker theory about that. Oh, that he- this is how we cre- <laughs> how we cross over the genres.
0: He hopped into Matthew the TV. like shocker. Huh? <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> come be really on, cool, shocker actually. is
1: due for a reboot. They're both Wes Craven. It's ultimate respect. So Bring true. them back.
0: Well, how's about we just reboot Shocker with Matthew Lillard in it as Stu? That too. Like, th- I... It could be a Go. virtuosity type thing.
1: <laughs> well, let's not be ridiculous.
0: No. <laughs> I'm being ridiculous. Got
1: it?
2: Yeah, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I, I was I was having fun, and you just took it weird places. I don't know why you do that to me. <laughs> With Matthew Lillard, for me, it, I've turned more into just a cheerleader of his lately. Yeah. Because it, I probably, he was probably my least favorite character when I first watched it what? when he was in theaters. Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: I'm, I'll get there. Okay. One, I was young. <laughs> Two, stupid. And three, I just, I, I also hadn't seen him in anything before. Okay. So it honestly took a little bit of time with, and watching the character. Like it is crazy how funny he is in that movie. Like he's at so all funny. The right places he is, and if I remember, he improvised some of those lines. Did he?
0: Too. Oh, I love. Yeah, like the, my him mom so and dad
1: much. are going to be so pissed. Oh. I think he improvised that.
0: I, I'm I love it. When always like, live her alone. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm forever like live her alone. Get it, <laughs> liver. Like I love oh. it. And he's like he was... my favorite. He's my favorite in that movie. Mine too. And especially when
2: he was like, you know, let's face it, Sid, your mom was no Sharon Stone. It's like,
0: whoa. <laughs> His yeah, delivery. No, I, yeah. I am
1: totally for him coming back in some capacity. Hey, they could make, they could turn him into like the Hannibal Lecter of the Scream movies. Like <laughs> Sidney heck? goes to visit him in prison. He's in a jumpsuit. He's not
0: that sophisticated, <sighs> though. I love Stu, but he's he's a goofball.
1: But he could totally start with that. And then just have it be, like, super awkward. And he's like, yeah, that, that's weird, wasn't it? But <laughs> that's you're... totally a stew thing to do. Like, just make it weird.
0: Maybe he'll be getting out of jail, you know? There you go. He'll if you are and... magically listening <laughs> to this radio silence, please hit up John. He's got all sorts of yeah. stew ideas.
1: Oh, I will do all the ultimate end, or alternate endings. <laughs> I'll write them all on spec for you. <laughs> I don't care. All I ask, and I will continue to ask this, is someone make me a dead body in their horror movies. I'm specifying oh. horror movies. Don't people? I don't want anyone to kill me. But I wanna <laughs> lay down with blood on me in the back of a horror movie. That's it. I just wanna be there and I'll be happy. <laughs> now, Stu can kill me. I could be I could be piled like cordwood in a corner because he just killed a bunch of people else. I don't care.
2: Oh, I
0: got you it. I just want to lay there. In blood. So
2: you can be Sydney's new husband and hey, you want something to drink, babe? And then you go to the kitchen. And then Stu, he's in the closet (laughs) or in the pantry waiting for you.
1: No, he's in the (laughs) entertainment room.
2: Okay. comes (laughs) out of
1: the TV. (laughs) I thought we just talked about this. (laughs) Weren't we all on board? Did I black out?
0: Yes, you did. Ah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on because I'm just going to keep embarrassing myself. There's more stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there is more stuff. Um, Freaky. So Freaky is the new slasher comedy from director Christopher Landon. He co-wrote it with Michael Kennedy. Um, And if you didn't know, Christopher Landon did the Happy Death Day movie. So he is no stranger to that perfect tone of horror and comedy. Or slasher and comedy, I should say. Um, That releases November 13th, which is a Friday. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm always um, looking. Like when I'm looking to see what the Halloween release slate is like. I want to know past October 31st because I don't want Halloween to end. So it makes me happy that November 13th is probably like this feel good. Well, I don't know. Feel good. I say that loosely, but um, it just looks so uplifting. It It looks like the uplifting kind of slasher I'm going to need in my life come November 13th. And it makes me happy. Um, They released the trailer Um, plot wise, 17 year old Millie Kessler Uh, is just trying to survive the hells of high school um, and the cruelty of the popular crowd when she becomes the newest target of The Butcher, her town's infamous serial killer. Senior year becomes the least of her worries. They swap bodies. It's Freaky Friday meets a slasher. Um, The serial killer is played by Vince Vaughn, so we know he's got the... Love Vince Vaughn. The comedic chops to act like a killer... Or a teenager, really, is trapped in his body. A teenage girl (laughs) is trapped in his body. Um, So, yeah, it looks hysterical. And for those a little worried about a high school set slasher with body swapping, um, Michael Kennedy, the co-writer, said on Twitter, I quote, the movie is fucking hardcore rated R. Ooh. So.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but. I think you could just literally say this is fucking hardcore rated R, and it becomes rated R. <laughs> so. True, but
0: did you did you see the the trailer at all? I highly recommend. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I recommend for anybody listening to to look at the trailer. And of course, they focus heavily on on the comedic aspect of it. But there's like a body shattering Jason X style at some point mm-hmm. in this trailer, and I, you know, I think living that's living for it. Yeah. Give me if you're gonna go full throttle on death like that, I am I'm totally excited.
1: I want to hear more about the behind the scenes because this like you said, this is Freaky Friday down to the movie poster. Yeah. And like there had to have been some permissions from that property. Because otherwise, you know there's litigation on this one.
0: Yeah, but I mean, body swapping. I feel like that could be a pretty general concept. Yeah,
2: it was also. But they literally the...
1: called it Freaky instead of Freaky Friday.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it also, like, it reminds me of two movies um, The Hot Chick from the early 2000s. Okay. Um, I hope that
1: doesn't is... remind you of that.
2: <laughs> what? No, that movie was hilarious. I thought it was funny. Um, so there's that one, and then also uh, Detention from 2011. It's like a slasher, like, dark comedy, and it's kind of like the black the black the breakfast club meets heathers with like some Donnie darko in it so i don't know i feel like i'm really excited about it it does seem like it's going to be like a fun time and yeah. you know kind of like what megan you know stated before you know after halloween it's just kind of like you're you know you're going to be surrounded with christmas stuff and
0: christmas Boo. trees and you know <laughs> no thanksgiving turkey that's so, not cranberry sauce
2: you know there you go so you're gonna want something you know a little spooky in your life
0: um, yeah. that wasn't
1: very... thanks killing you want something better than that
2: yes yes that's all not to of say the whole isn't program. great
1: and there are people out there who love thanks killing because the guy who made thanks killing also made headhunter so anything's possible
0: anything is possible including Stu's resurrection.
1: You know, a guy can hope. That's all I got. We'll
0: dream for you. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Anything else, Megan? Yes. Um, Host director Rob Savage just signed a three-picture deal with Blumhouse. Um, He'll collaborate with the same team from Host. Host, for those who don't know, which would kind of be surprising, but if you don't, um, it's Shudder's huge surprise hit um, that released... When did it just a month or two ago that, that yeah. kind of it was it was huge. Oh, was yeah, it July? Month, I think Ju- 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 no, July or I August? What month? It's still it's still March, right? <laughs> um,
1: it was either the end of July or the beginning of August.
0: Yeah. And it was a short like what? 60 minutes, just under mm-hmm. 60 minute ep, uh, movie over uh, Zoom. 60,
1: 65. Yeah, it's short.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a creepy little seance gone wrong over Zoom. And it was very innovative, and he's having a hell of a summer because of it. So not only did he sign a three-picture deal with Blumhouse, that was just announced, um, but July 9th, it was announced that Sam Raimi is going to produce a Supernatural film directed by Rob Savage. October, October, we're not in October yet. August 26th, Savage, uh, it was announced that he's teaming up with Studio Canal to film a Supernatural prison break movie that's described as like... The Conjuring meets Prison Break or something to that effect. So,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that one. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: for those keeping score, that's five, five wow. movies announced that he's going to be working on. That, from the success of Host, I assume both of you saw Host. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yay, yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. It's sixty-five minutes, sixty-five in front footage.
0: <laughs> there you go. So, does that mean you Sorry, are excited about? Five more Rob Savage
1: movies on the way. Uh, to be honest, when I saw this announced, I thought that uh, Rob Zombie signed a three picture deal, and I was like, <laughs> that's a weird move by Blumhouse personally. But... <laughs> and yeah. then I had to figure, then I had to try to remember who Rob Savage was. I think it's great for him, more power to him. Yeah. I mean, I, I also know the combination of, of, um, popularity at the moment and Hollywood's interest is waning. Mm-hmm. So if he is actually able to capitalize and turn five pro- or get five projects off a 65 minute movie that was done all by Zoom, then good more power to him by all means. like that that'd be absolutely amazing. Now I hope I hope at least one or two of these projects gets to the light of day because you never know. I mean stuff gets dropped yeah. over time, there's right. issues with something in production. Um, I mean, I'll never do anything but cheer for creators who don't have, you know, charges filed against them. (laughs) So it's just, I think it's just awesome that 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 sort of thing is possible for for horror directors, horror writers, things like that.
2: No, I I agree with you. Like, I'm really excited to see where his career is going to go. Like, this is, like, the beginning of something so awesome. So, yeah, big congratulations to him.
0: Absolutely agreed.
1: Nice. All right, listeners, your turn. Excited for Scream 5 and, you know, Stu being Shocker and all that now that we've just uh broke that news. <laughs> uh, already feeling sad that Halloween will be over in a couple of months. Can't wait to see Rob Sav- what Rob Savage has to do next. Then let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. Numbers in the show notes too. Again, for real, just like the message at the top of the hour, we play our favorite messages or message or however many that we can fit into a small amount of time at the top of the episode remember times are strange enough people are mad about just about everything we love horror we want to hear your love of horror please only call if you actually want to participate and keep in mind that we try and keep the show under an hour so we do reserve the right to edit your message and shorten it if needed please limit yourself to one question or comment per call so if you're anything like us and you spend more than a little time streaming movies on shutter netflix amazon or any of the other hundred services out there we want to keep your indecisiveness at a minimum and maybe not necessarily watch Hell House LLC every single week for a year. Not to say that's wrong, but you got other options. And is going to tell us what those options are. So what can we watch, Zena?
2: So first up, Spyro will be out on Shutter on Thursday, the 17th. So this one is set in the 90s and it's about a same-sex couple who struggle to raise their 16-year-old daughter after moving to a small town filled with mysterious secrets. So it sounds very, you know, general, like that could go any way. But I did watch like a clip. There's this is chilling clip on um, their YouTube channel. Check it out. Okay, well, the listeners can't see that look, but check it out. It's, it's...
1: Yeah, no, I'm totally going to bleep that in post and people are going to wonder where did she see that? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't a direct competitor that we don't want to mention.
2: No. <laughs> no, but it's on their YouTube channel. And it's okay. it's um it really is pretty creepy. So I'll just leave it at that. I won't go into details um with that. And then Alive, not hashtag Alive, will be out on VOD this Friday or the 18th, and it's basically about a severely injured man and woman who wake up in an abandoned sanitarium and discover a sadistic caretaker holds the key to their freedom. So this is directed by Rob Grant. Um, he directed the dark twisted comedy Harpoon which is so good. I like hard. It's so good, yeah. So it's just like, I'm going to watch it because I really love that director. Um, And then this Friday, hitting select theaters, Antebellum, Um, if you do decide to go to the theaters, please stay safe. Um, A successful author finds herself in a horrifying reality and must figure out the mystery behind it before it's too late. So this is a psychological horror thriller. And I've been hearing mixed reviews on this one. It's been a hit or miss, but at the same time, I've been really trying to stay far away from those reviews because I don't know if you guys ever tried to, like, avoid something on Twitter. Jesus help, because you're not able yeah, to. Yeah, it's hard. No.
1: Yeah, I deleted the app. What? <laughs> and I still saw tweets.
2: I you still saw <laughs>
1: happen either that or matthew lillard and i are like psychically connected at this point which
0: maybe he visits we are. you in your dreams he's like i'm in virtuosity shocker land here's a tweet
1: then i have some apologies to make to matthew lillard <laughs> for the stuff that he sees in my dreams
0: <laughs> well there's plenty of time between now and the shocker revival so True. get to penning and then
1: hopefully not as much as
2: you think there is and then the haunted uh will be on hulu on sunday the 20th um, employed as a night nurse, a young caregiver arrives at an isolated house in the English countryside. English, uh, English countryside for her first shift, expecting an uneventful, uneventful evening ahead. But stepping inside the house and left alone with her silent new patient, she's able. She can't. Oh my God! What is happening? She is unable to shake <laughs> growing sense of dread. So basically, it's a supernatural horror. Um, about a young woman who's in a creepy house. So if that's your jam, you may want to check this one out. And then just in case if you guys missed it, The Babysitter, Killer Queen, it is on Netflix. It's been getting a lot of buzz on Twitter and Instagram. And then as Megan spoke about earlier, Fade to Black is on Shutter, and you need to watch that ASAP before it disappears, and then you're left lonely and cold outside with no prints <laughs> because you decided not to watch the movie. That is that's all. That's
0: precisely what will happen. Yes,
2: I've seen you
1: it. You know, I'm a Minnesotan, so I'm a little more used to passive aggressive ways of people speaking to me and not just directly saying those things to me. So oh. I feel both triggered and
2: No. I'll watch
1: it tomorrow. No,
2: not <laughs> not you. I've actually I've I've been trying to get some of my sisters to watch it because I feel like I've been telling them about it forever and they recently just decided to, you know, uh, get a shutter account. So, you know, you have to so like So they're out listening. There. Yeah, they're listening. This listeners. is a direct call out. Let's go. I'm going to text them right after Watch this.
1: it. I watched a 2020 movie this week, so I think I've earned myself a, a, another 80s on you top have. of things. Treat
0: yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Treat right. yourself.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's a Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at BloodyDisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, Real Queen of Horror, and on the YouTube channel of the same name or at lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me... I'm creepy. I'm so horrible at self-promotion. That's If you Google creepy, you might get me. Or... <laughs>
0: creepy podcast. You Google won't. creepy podcast and you'll find John. Uh, I tried that. No?
1: Probably. I, I don't.
0: Yeah, I've found you that but way.
1: Something I should update on my resume is I'm not good at search engine optimization, so naming your horror narration podcast creepy isn't the best idea for Google, but. I wonder if we can put a
0: trail to like onion cookie. (laughs) We can somehow make him bound through. If I buy both
1: sites, I'll buy both sites, and then you type in onion cookie, and it takes you to creepy. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. Maybe I just abandon creepy and just (laughs) onioncookie.com. Oh God, you know that probably exists, and it's just going to be horrible. (laughs) Someone's going to type that in, and they're just going to be like, "You're the worst."
2: Okay, don't listen to us yet. Don't go to
1: onioncookie.com. Don't tell me. I don't want to know if it exists. Let me just imagine. And then, you know, Matthew Lillard by proxy has to, you know, see it too. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to help get the show some notice as we roll into Halloween. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Disgusting Pod. So, for this week, I'm John.
2: I'm Megan. I'm Zena.
1: Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.